This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Trying to take a sip drinking, of water as quickly as possible. A glass of water, <laughs> right as we open up. Yeah. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, you guys. Sorry, we missed last week. We had a snafu. Snafu. Well, that was not snafu. Stands for situation normal, all effed up. Snafu is not... an acronym. Hold on. Excuse me. Yes. World Does War it come II. from the military? Oh yeah. Snafu oh, is yeah. an acronym that became a word. Yep. Situation That's normal, all effed up. Which is nice to know that the F word is in <laughs> abundance during World War II. Well, so. if there were any situation, <laughs> situation where you would need that word. Messed, we're not all messed up. We're, we're, <laughs> we're pretty normally got our act together. So this is, it would be sna. I don't be, know. No, Speak for no yourself. End. I'm be, still pretty be Safu. <laughs> Situation abnormal, all effed up. That'd be Safu. <laughs> all fantastic, all the time. <laughs> Except for last week. <laughs> so this week, we'll do twice as brilliant a podcast for you guys. It's yeah, twice for sure. as brilliant. Right, Danielle? Yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. think that we should stop doing half of what we could do and instead do the full 100%. Okay, so just to respond to somebody, I know you didn't even plan on this, but just to respond to this, somebody that wanted to know more about the Google part two of what was yes. else could go wrong with Google. Just from a, real from quickly, a number it's of, been in the news. A number of episodes ago, we were yeah. talking about the regulatory risks of investing in Google. Right. And now a couple, well, first regulatory risks have blossomed into a regulatory flower because <laughs> the Justice Department has now filed a lawsuit against Google for monopolistic practices. I don't know what they expect to get out of it when it's free. Hello? It's free. So they, I don't know who's complaining, probably Microsoft. So there's now this regulatory risk has, has risen. And we can say that very unlikely that Google will actually sell off their ad side of their business because whoever is able to buy it for billions of dollars would have to then have their own monopoly, which suddenly happened. And so that isn't going to work. I think probably if it happens anything at all, Google will spin this off. So it shouldn't get in the way of being a shareholder, I guess is what I'm saying there. And of course, we have regulatory risk going on in Europe where they want to make sure that they're not breaking European rules by targeting children, for example, or people based on race or religion or politics. And they can't do that in Europe. So Google may have to rewrite their algorithms there, but I don't think that's a huge deal. Of course, they don't think it is. And then finally, Microsoft popped out with chat GPT, which sort of blew the lid off over at Google. It was since we've had this little <clears throat> little podcast chat GPT has come out and this is a extraordinary piece of 
of engineering of uh, artificial intelligence that originally started at Google and then their engineers spun off and, and opened up a company called OpenAI, which has now partnered with Microsoft. Microsoft is then talking about putting in $10 billion into this company in order to get products that can compete with Google search. Google search being something that is at the base of most of their revenue, 67% of their revenue is Google search ads. So this is a big challenge. And the reason it's a big challenge is because rather than ending up with a list of links that you can then go into and look at, chat GPT in the future may be able to just give you the answer completely developed into a, a full essay about whatever it is you're asking about. Um, and today it's actually able to do almost high school level essays on whatever you want to ask about. And it's remarkable. It really is something um, How did that, that they've developed like that's different. Pop into your head. What's the well, this is a Well, this is a real risk for Google. I mean, this is the one search risk that really we didn't have on our, on our radar because our assumption is that Google's got the best engineers in the world and therefore will stay ahead of everybody else technologically and of any risk to their cash cow, which is search. Um, but this kind of came out of left field and it's open AI. So other people can use it too. And that means garage level startups doing AI uh, that would interfere with Google search program. Now, the reason it would interfere, assuming Google then, and this is what we didn't see, assuming that Google will come up with something even better the problem Google has is the moment it releases a similar product that you don't need, you're not going to get a series of links that advertisers are looking for certain search words from, you hurt your ad business. So Google, if they were forced to compete with this new kind of search, would have a really tough time with revenues in their ad side because this isn't keyword searching. So it's just really interesting. And we've tried it out ourselves, like asking, you know, certain questions for doing research and, um, and then asked it where it got its information, which we thought was a rather clever question. So we got this really interesting information. Then we said, where'd you get this information? And then it fed to us information taken from a company that probably put out an abstract in order to sell their data. And uh, we called that company and they said, yeah, yeah, that, that information is available for $5,000. You can buy it. So ChatGPT has the potential of going around intellectual property uh, walls. And if anything's out on the internet, it can sweep it up. So there's a lot of questions here and we think they're not going to be answered right away. Uh, we think this is the first challenge to Google search that we've ever seen and um, that's real. And, but we don't think it's coming right away. So there's something to keep an eye on. Um, and I think that's the main stuff. That was, that was the main risk that we've seen floating around out there. So, Okay, so what I just heard is you mentioned the same regulatory risks as before, a.k.a. that governments are going to now have opened up a monopoly. What is it, an investigation at this point? Or are they actually... No, it's a lawsuit. Opening a court case, okay. Um, and then there's the other one that we talked extensively about, which was that legislatively there would be additional regulation put on mm -hmm. Google and companies like Google, obviously. Yes. Um, 
so then you closed the regulatory regulation section and started talking about a competitive um, regulatory regulation, the regulatory risk section, and started talking about a competitive risk. Oh, I see. Risk. We're going down yes? to different sections. Is oh, that correct? I, yeah, I guess so. Okay. This, yeah, this is straight up. This isn't regulatory at all. This is this is technological risk. Yeah, yeah. So we we didn't really see that there was any technological risk because we thought they had the best engineers, which they do. But now we see a technological risk could actually wreck their ad revenue. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So I'm just getting back to the regulatory risk part of it. Is there anything besides the prosecution or uh, legislative action that you're worrying about? No, okay. that's it. Okay. And then the that's competitive okay. stuff is basically new technology coming from other companies, which I mean is foreseeable, right? But the way Google handles that over and over is they buy their way out of it. They just buy the technology. So Right. Except this time they can't. It's open AI. They can't buy it. And so Microsoft is trying to do what then? Microsoft's just licensing it as fast as it can. Okay. Pieces of coming off this thing. Actually, and they're just funding the open AI initiative. I mean, they see it as a brilliant way to kill Google. And there's no question about it. Google is freaked about it. They went on, this is Google's words for it. We've gone on red alert. Hmm. So this is not just some, oh yeah, Google's handling this like a normal day at the office. They're not, they're, they're freaked out about it. One of their executives just let it slip that this is the first thing they've seen that could kill their ad business. Hmm. Very interesting. So no joke. Yeah, it's serious stuff. And, um, but I, like I said, we've dug into it from where we can see it's not going to be right now. And if we can see down the road a few years on Google, we think that this will start to, if this starts to roll out, we think we'll see it and we can exit if that's warranted. Yeah. Cause I have to say the way it's described, it doesn't sound very good to a user. Um, it gives you like a long paragraph or multiple paragraphs of answers and no links. Like <laughs> it'll give you a book if you want it. It'll write a book for you. That's like Ask Jeeves from like 2000, right? <laughs> Except that it's like a way better. So it must be like way better, or else this would oh, not yeah. be an issue. It's it's a very coherent, interesting essay. It's not great. I mean, it's not like you could write this essay and apply to Harvard with it, right? Uh -huh. On your application, here's the essay that I wrote. But but school school officials and teachers are a little worried that this is pretty hard to spot that it's a fake and it's not plagiarized. It's brand new. So yeah, well, it's quite interesting. A heck of a lot of websites that do that already. <laughs> no, I think you're way, you're, you don't, you don't know. Okay. never mind. Don't No, I'm talking about websites that write, websites. they write essays for people. <laughs> oh, they write essays for people. Yeah. Like real people write essays for people. Well, I think they use computers to do most of it, and then people finish oh, it up. People edit it up. Okay, well, what do I know? So, um, I, I think this is a future error, uh, problem for Google and not one right now. Okay. Even though they're on red alert. But so to the Let's regulatory see. question, what do you – and I 
unfortunately haven't read anything about this, so I can't really ask intelligent questions. What do you think about the merits of this monopoly case? I think the reason that monopoly law got put into place is because um, we wanted prices to not be controlled and not be, you know, not have price just go high because this is the only way you could get something right. Mm -hmm. Like you've seen that with certain drugs. I mean, like what happens with these pharmacies, they'll put the price on the moon and there's nothing you can do about it. But um, this is an awkward monopoly law, isn't it? I mean, it's an awkward position for something that's free. It's free. And advertisers have tons of other places they can advertise. It just happens that Google is really good. It's not as good as Facebook was. So it's not even the best although it's trying hard to meet the new rules, um, you can advertise with Facebook and you can advertise at tons of other places. So it's a little hard to say how the public is being damaged by this. So that's the, that's the allegation that Google is overpricing its no, they, they, advertising. They say that Google is overpricing their ads um, because there's no competition, but there is competition. So I don't know what they're talking about. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I mean, it's the federal government trying to keep big things from getting too big. I empathize with that to a certain degree or sympathize with it. But you've got to have a reason to to say, you know, these guys are trying to dominate the world. And maybe they've got them. I mean, maybe they've got so many anecdotal, so much anecdotal data from people trying to compete with Google and being destroyed. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm super intrigued to, to go read about this because... Yeah. Oh, like monopoly cases are so interesting and complicated. And um, and as you're saying, so much of it is decided based on at the end of the day, at the highest level, based on public policy decisions, like yeah. what kinds of how large of a company, what kind of a company do we want to allow to have how much power? kind of where it ends up and at lower levels it's a lot more it's still like really interesting but it's more straightforward at really really high levels that's that's where you get to it's really like this exact company how are they behaving do we want them to keep behaving that way so yeah it's it's like a really interesting question of law but it's more so a question of um of public policy and, and where the monopoly law is going to go. Cause as soon as there's a high level decision like that, like around a Google that then becomes case law, becomes precedent for all the smaller companies down the, down the pike. So yeah. it's very interesting. I'll, I'll go so read what, about that. I didn't know that that had happened. We were talking about the uh, resolutions or lack thereof of um for the new year that neither of us had made (laughs) and then we were talking about remember and then we were talking about um 
how expectations play into that to make resolutions or goals or promises or whatever word people like to um, to support our investing practices to make them better this year in 2023 better stronger more fulfilling more authentic and what what have you resolved to do well this is where we started is that i have made no resolutions and i feel good about that so this is what yeah we we're going to talk about whether or not we made any resolutions mm. i've made no resolutions so this is why i started talking about gretchen rubin's books and I have learned so much from her paradigm of how we respond to expectations. And I think my choice to make no resolutions this year is partially that I've realized I don't respond very well to expectations at all. And <laughs> a New Year's resolution is nothing but an expectation. Um, and the other reason is that because of this illness, which is getting better, but is still very much part of my life, um, I just, one of the things that's taken from me is the ability to trust that I can follow through on something because most of the time I can't. Mm. And that's been really hard emotionally, but it's also just made me realize that making like an expectation or promise like that to myself, like a new year's resolution is it's just setting myself up to fail. And I don't need to fail any more than I already do at stuff that needs to get done. So yeah. like, wow, what a contrast. It just made me think of that really, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, the, there was a concept, there was even a book written called be here now or a concept of be here now. Hmm. Right. Just be in the moment, like mm -hmm. uh, some sort of, you know, and not in a derogatory sense, but some sort of wild animal. You're just living right now in the moment. You're not feeling sorry for yourself. You're not mm -hmm. worried about tomorrow, right? You're just right here in the moment. And that's such a contrast to operating into the future, right? Investing into the future. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of maybe, you know, getting an education, mm -hmm. learning to speak well, learning mm -hmm. to write well. These are all, you can be in the moment, but you're also doing it for a purpose down the road, very specific kind of a goal. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking, I one of the things that's changed since we did our last podcast is that I've made a, a resolution in the form of I'm putting up $2 million to build a um, uh, an app for the iPhone and the Android phone that does the toolbox on a phone. Hmm. So, and I've brought in the one, two, three key people now who are going to make that happen. We're going to bring in seven more. So all of this is this, this is not me necessarily being in the moment, right? I mean, I'm having to project into the future and write checks and have have the capital available to continue writing those checks or these people are going to have their lives disrupted. You see, you see the difference or is there, or is there a difference between, between what and being what? here now? Let's say where you're at right now, where you can't really make a promise about doing something or, or have. Oh have some yeah. Goals, I don't but... know. You started saying be here now, but I don't, 
I don't feel the be here. You don't now. feel like that? No, uh -huh. no. Well, why wouldn't um, that be a good thing to feel if you're feeling like you feel? I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But what I <laughs> what I was trying to I mean, it probably is. I truly like having now lived 40 years. One thing I have massively learned is that a huge part of the human condition is balancing those two elements of life being here now mm -hmm. and preparing, planning, acting so that your future is better than now. And that balance is so hard a lot of the time. Um, and I think a lot of us struggle with it and never quite get it right. So, I mean, it's an important thing, right? I mean, if you have, you have, like, when you were growing up, I could dedicate my life to certain things, right? Among which would be spending time with you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I could choose to not do that in order to go out and make money, say. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I mean, look at these choices. We, we face these kinds of choices every day, right? Parents do. How much of my life is going to be dedicated to children? How much of my, in terms of spending time with them? How much is me making the money so I know that they're going to have a good life? How much is me doing the things I want to do in my life? I mean, all of those things are they're important decisions, man. And totally. The idea of being here now and just taking it as it comes and it's all good. I think actually, you know, just from the time that we spent involved with meditation, I think I could point to some reasonably, I don't know, re reasonable number of people who have gone really deep into that view of life and are now struggling badly. They're mm -hmm. my age and they don't have anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't prepare for old age. So now being here now, kind of means, you know, it's like a retirement plan for a Swami is uh, a loincloth and a begging bowl. Hmm. Really? Right? I mean, you go off into the mountains and if people give you food, good, you don't die that day. And if you don't freeze to death, well, good, you know, that was that was a good day. I mean, that's not the West. I mean, that, that's sort of that's pretty foreign to people in in the west we we tend to be okay i want a future like this more of the puritan ethic you know it's like you're never happy in the moment <laughs> you're always working yeah for this thing right right yeah what a contrast between those or even two. you're always working for your children your children's futures like think of immigrants who leave a terrible situation and go to a new country and used to be a doctor and become a waiter story of so many people and they do it so true. that their children have a better life and true are in a safe free country yeah i mean talk about planning for the future that's beyond yourself man i mean this is this is expanding into a whole area of values right where in a way you have you have cultural values that help you determine what path to take here cultural values like you you have values based on where you've grown up and what that society thinks is good and you if you don't 
match those values, you're going to find that society around you may find you're not doing your job, you know, kind of like that. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's a big, it's a big challenge. Yeah. So I would say not having the answers to any of this really after 74 years, still don't really know. And believe me, I've, I've spent some time. I've, I've spent more time than most people, I think, in pursuit of uh, answers to these kinds of questions. And I don't really have answers yet, except that there are techniques that we've talked about that help, right? Contemplative prayer, deep meditation, yoga. There are techniques that help you be more in the moment in the sense of being happy in this moment, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Being content yeah. and grounded and centered in this moment, if that's what be here now means. And feeling and, and we'll, feeling the moment, like being, I think it means truly experiencing now. And so many of us, when we think ahead all the time, are really living in that future and not really feeling where we are in the moment. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's a useful way to experience the more focused. And there's this, now. there's this idea of, of enlightenment that comes uh, from India in particular, where the idea is to become in, uh, in a, you become one with these diametrically opposed problems. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. all of the issues are resolved in this state of enlightenment. Um, and I don't know, one, one guru I really like said that essentially it's that you are um, separated from from all of creation. You start there as this separate entity. And as you grow in enlightenment, you become more and more connected to everything to a point where everything you see is is not you. It is it is not even real. And that's where the idea of, you know, that it's uh, it's all, all life is an illusion kind of comes out of the East. All life is an illusion because there's a state of consciousness where it really is like that. We've talked about the zone. Kobe Bryant would talk about um, playing basketball and suddenly the whole crowd would disappear and his opponents would disappear. And this is his description of it. And the ball would just go through the hoop mm-hmm. and he wasn't doing anything. He mm-hmm. was just watching it all. So there's a state there where all of a sudden you've separated in a different way. You are now sort of infinite in a way and you're watching life go and then as this guru said as life goes on as evolution goes on you begin to experience more and more connection with everything out there that you thought was not you and you are this infinite unboundedness that is now connecting to the bounded stuff and you start to see god in the leaves of a tree and then that ultimately gets transcended into a state of union with everything there is and now Mm -hmm. everything's god Mm-hmm. And you're in this enlightened place where there is no contradiction. And he's describing, you know, people who would, would walk in an alley and they would see a cat that got hit by a car or something. And, you know, it's smashed and it's ho- horrible looking. A lot of people would turn away from that. And this guru just would see the beauty in it. The, there's just nothing but beauty. Everything's beautiful. Every action that happens, no matter how heinous, no matter how terrible, no matter how unjust, Everything is perfect. All things are perfection. And that's a little hard for us to swallow. Yeah, that's where I I start to step away. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's the experience. But is it it right? But is is it it real? Is it real? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, and do you want that? Do you want to be in a, in a state where some terrible thing happens to someone in your family that they, they don't deserve? And for you, that's a beautiful moment. Right. It's just like, what? Really? Do you want to be there? Is that really the idea of enlightenment? Or is enlightenment more you're experiencing everything as you would have, maybe even bigger emotions at this loss or this tragedy? And yet deep inside, you're unmoved and unbounded. One, one, not to belabor this, but one description of that I really liked was that experiences affect a person who's not enlightened differently than an enlightened person. So let's have you this really negative experience. One analogy would be that the experience is like an ax being slammed into an oak tree. The ax just jams in and creates a permanent mark, a permanent stress, a permanent cut that that tree will never, ever uh, eliminate Mm -hmm. as long as it's here on earth. Compare that to an ax slamming into a pond. It creates much bigger initial impact, but then within moments, it's just a ripple. And within a minute or two, it's gone completely disappears. And I, I like that one. I, like, I think that's awesome. That makes you more human, more feeling, more experiencing. Everything's bigger, bigger, bad, bigger, good. It's all bigger. And yet it all passes so quickly into a state of come back to again. equilibrium more quickly. Right. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. Let's yeah. pause like here. And and here, and then I want to hear from you. What are we now? Like four episodes later, I want to hear from you if you made resolutions for this year. Oh. <laughs> and then let's talk about how this relates to our investing practice, but also how, because uh, this is, I mean, what this comes down to, right, is like, how do people who want to have an investing practice and and learn investing how do you fit that into a real life you want something how do you actually do it and how do you not set yourself up to fail seems pretty straightforward but maybe it's not so let's talk about well, that good lord time. if you think it's straightforward i am happy for you because <laughs> i do not <laughs> apparently i'm mistaken all right we'll talk to you guys next time about that thanks everybody until then Bye. time to go play see ya Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.